Welcome to Turmeric and Tequila with your host, Kristen Olson. Questioning a better way, one gracefully disruptive conversation at a time. Turmeric and tequila. Uh, today is another great day. I have a very special human in the house, in the studio, we like to say. Um, friends, mentor, uh, life coach, <laughs> spiritual coach, all the things, many titles. Uh, the Leadership Jen K. Coach. Leadership yeah, coach, yes. So you have Jen K in the house. Um, that's all I'm going to say. I'm going to let you introduce yourself from here. That's it. Oh, great. That's yeah, a great that's, setup. Okay. <laughs> no, uh, if you listen to my other ones, I literally just, like, I say the usually like first name, then I just uh, let you guys 100% give um, your own version of you. Yeah. Yeah. So. Tell us about yourself, Jim. <laughs> favorite color. Well, so here's my favorite, actually. So um, I majored in Japanese and minored in Russian. Oh, I okay. I speak some Spanish, some French, and a little Indonesian or Greek on a good day. I also speak dog, cat, and the occasional horse. Boom. Uh, I speak eldest child. Which is different than middle or youngest child. Okay. Uh, I thought you said Elvis child for a second. Well, but the, eldest, you know, I got it. We can go there too. Yeah. I, I don't <laughs> I don't speak much Elvis child. Uh, a little Aretha child. Oh, like, yes. You can go down that path. I speak those languages. Yeah, great. Okay. So there's there's that. Let's see. I speak uh, dance mostly in the dialects of Argentine tango and salsa. I speak some Xbox 360, some Sig Sauer 380. Okay. Uh, and, <laughs> and the truth is, like, I am so I just feel incredibly blessed that I get to do what I do in the world, which is uh, work with leaders around yeah. their communication. And I speak the language of um, help them find their own language of strengths and core values and communication. Boom. So to put that in layman's terms, yeah. she's a communication expert, <laughs> whether it's in person, uh, via voice, via digital, via text, yeah. <laughs> all, I, yeah, all I, the things. I, I, the, the delivery methods are truly coaching, facilitation, and speaking. Yes. Like, and I was a comm major, so as a language major, I think we both know how important communication is in whatever format yeah. it is. It, it is the... Communication, right, which is this huge umbrella, yeah. is actually the connective tissue. Like in, in everything we do, it's we can we can call it relationship, we can call it branding, marketing, um, boom. You know, it's it's it, it's truly it's the connective tissue in between everything, and whether 100%. it's verbal or nonverbal or you know anything in between, that 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 is the way that we connect. Right? Right. It's the way we connect with each other. It's the way we experience each other, and um, unless we're living on a mountaintop, you know. which also is desirable, someday, also, <laughs> but, but it's what's funny is even being a comm major that, and even in college we learned like you know eighty percent of communication is nonverbal or what have you, it's body yeah. language or whatever. Um, it's still in it's still a new conversation to understand that communicating is outside of us talking to each other. Yeah. That's still a new conversation, and it's like oh okay, well cause, no wonder we're misunderstanding. Well. It, it's crazy to me that even after all this time and doing this for so long, I <laughs> go girl, okay. go hair flip How's in case you're possible? listening and not watching. <laughs> yeah, is is this idea of communication is it's it's not just a one way street. Right. You know, we think that you know communication is what we say. It's just as much about what we hear. You know, and and what is it? I think it's actually communication is a two way street. Up to eighty percent of all communication 
can be lost in the transmission between the sender and the receiver. Wow, that's an astronomical percentage. Like, so it ain't just. I like, hope it's a good twenty percent that's going through. <laughs> which is, which is, you know, even though there's so many more powerful ways to communicate other than words. Yeah. At the end of the day, words, and you know, I feel very strongly about this. Words word and, sleuth, and yes. language, <laughs> like yes. words, is is so powerful. Yeah. And even if it's the smallest percentage. It's because it's that much smaller that it makes that much bigger of an impact. Yeah, completely you know, agree. And language matters. Yeah. There was that like good old like sports saying where it's like the louder you yell, the less people listen and then like the quieter you get and the less you say, the more they kind of lean in and really take note. And I think that's true. I don't know if that's in my DNA necessarily, um, but I do think it's, it's really real. Yeah. Um, but on that note, I think the path of kind of learning how important communication is, I think usually stems from some sort of like breakdown, breakthrough, whether it was like personal with yourself, with relationship, with job, um, with your business agenda. You're in some, in, in everybody's life, you're at a point at some point, you'll be like, okay, I need to get to know myself better or the person I'm trying to communicate with better, whether it's relationship or audience or what have you. And I think that's when some of these questions start to happen around yeah. communication. And I think we've talked about this, but I always wish this was like in like high school curriculum. So like I wasn't, you know, 30 plus <laughs> figuring it out. I might've been like 15 plus. Well, yeah. And so part of that problem though, is that we really are taught that communication starts from the outside in. Yeah. And so it takes something that flips our world upside down and to, to bust that mythology, first of all, we were just talking about that, right? The modern yeah. day myths of communication and, and values, you know, of what we're taught. And the thing is, communication actually starts from the inside. What we think about ourselves, what we feel about ourselves, what we say to yeah. ourselves, how we compare ourselves. And and so, you know, we get to this point, and I think you've heard me say this before, is that our external language reflects our internal dialogue. And so if our internal dialogue is self-sabotaging, self-judging, berating, you know, how does that show up in our um, personal, professional, personal and professional lives, let alone our relationships? Right, right. Well, we, um, well, do you, well, on that, do you think that happens more, I mean, obviously in American culture, but like with different cultures within America, like, do you think some cultures are more dialed in to have conversations with themselves and, and some are less dialed in? Like, I know, it's like some of my friends, and I, I feel like I have a relatively diverse group of humans that are in my immediate 50 people, uh, and some within their family, it's it's okay to be emotional and, like, talk about your feelings and, and say how you really feel. Others, it's like, you don't, that never happens. And most of my friends have kind of, like, sought out a journey to dive more into that because of that. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know, I don't, I don't have, feel like I have a wide enough perspective to know if that's culturally, really, or just... American or exposure or what? D, all of the above. Yeah. So, you know, I, I, a couple things. I, I can't be prescriptive because every individual human has had their own individual human experience, regardless right. of gender, of culture, of religious upbringing, of like whatever those, those elements are. And that being said, in my experience and as many diverse humans as I've had the privilege to serve, it's it's across the board, I mean, generationally, yeah. culturally, r- religiously. Like there, there's so many things that. Now, granted, you might be uh, brought up in a in a household that's really open and you know talking about your feelings or you know, exploring your self talk, and it's still right. not you know it's not mainstream. 
Right, right. Well, I don't know. If I just, uh, yeah, and I, again, being marketing branding side, I don't think it's like necessarily socially acceptable. Even if there's like well, more yeah. open families than other, like in general, it's not like, hey, let's get together and talk about our feelings. Well, yeah, because it, it was, we all still have this underlying. So mythology number one, you know, myth myth busting number one is if you talk about yourself, that makes you what a narcissist. A, a narcissist. Which or there's nothing wrong or, with that. Yeah. <laughs> Depending on where you are in the narcissism Balance, y'all. scale, yeah, yeah, let's let's you know we're all we all have our own version of OCD. We all, you know, I mean, you gotta love yourself, anyone else hey, gonna love you. Take, taking a shower, making sure you shave those legs yeah. and plucking those chin hairs is a good thing. Yeah, you know? facts. Um, <laughs> I completely support all of those. Insert my beauty sponsor one day. Yeah. But um, and and you know that and and um, that being said, we're we're taught that if you talk about yourself that makes you arrogant or self-centered or you know certainly extreme it's narcissism and so we're not really we're not really conditioned right will to to talk about ourselves let alone in a positive way and so it because you know you get well you got to be humble right i think particularly for women too yeah oh my that's a whole whole other podcast see you yeah i know right (laughs) um especially because I mean, as as women, there's one thing men have it ten times harder. Oh, okay. Women. Yeah. Okay. So another podcast. Oh, actually, I would agree with that. Yes. I mean, even without getting too in depth in detail, I think yeah. it's more socially acceptable for women to be emotional than men. But women have the truth is that women have way more freedom yeah. to express themselves, to be emotional. It's um, it's accepted in so many different ways. Now, I'm not saying with all of the things happening in our cultural consciousness and cultural evolution at the moment, that there aren't challenges with that. So I I don't want to discount that in any way, shape or form. And as a rule of thumb, like we get to, as women, we get to talk to each other about how we feel and we fully accept that men don't get man. Men start talking about feelings to each other. That's still not. Yeah. There was, um, I always mention this, the mask we wear, the mask they wear it about, yeah. you know, and I have not, it's a documentary on Netflix. I haven't watched it in a hot minute, but it's phenomenal. It talks about, um, men and their emotions and how we need to provide space for that. And it shows like young five-year-old kid teaching, um, his dad, like yoga and mindfulness, like he was getting out of jail or something, but to see that communication and that transition of the thought of the father of like, Oh, this is actually okay. And they talked um, about the correlation between like school shootings or just violence and gangs and the lack of emotion that can be shown. I'm giving the very watered down version, but it's phenomenal. And it's, I think it's five or six years old, maybe more. So this is a conversation that's out there. It's just not super relevant. Um, But if anyone that's interested into though, digging more into that, I think that's a phenomenal intro doc to like get into initial conversations uh, around men and emotions. On the note of talking about yourself, tell us, in, in, as you're listening, in case you can't tell, Jen is very well-hearsed and she knows her stuff. She's very woke. Uh, she's very, like, good, grounded, um, experience-backed answers. So tell us tell us about a little about your journey, your background. How'd you get to be right now, um, to where you are right now? Literally in the dollhouse under some YouTube lights. Uh, <laughs> but tell us about... Be- a little bit of childhood, a little bit of schooling, a little okay. bit of personal experience, anything you want to share. Yeah, so I, I jokingly say that I grew up in a family where my parents spoke two entirely different languages. Like, my mom was one of ten from New York, Oof. and uh, my dad was one of two from the Midwest, and two very different languages. Like, mom's side of the family, politics, religion, the economy, like, the more charged the situation, the, the better it was because they all have an opinion, and they're talking yeah. over each other, 
and, you know, interrupting each other. And, and, and so my dad's side of the family was basically, you know, you wait for someone to finish speaking. Yeah. You're very polite. And you don't ever say something directly because you never want to hurt somebody's feelings. My family's for sure like your mom's side of the family, okay. by the way. Well, yeah. I, I'm like, thank God I had a mother from New York growing up in Kansas. Yeah. Because at least, you know, <laughs> it was, you know, my mom's side of the family is I haven't seen your face in three, you know, in three months. Book a ticket and get your butt home. Right? Yeah. My dad's side of the family is, oh, it sure would be nice to see you sometime. And you're like, okay. Is, yeah. Are you sure? Yeah. <laughs> Whenever. <laughs> you know. um, and so, so in that, I like, as I said, I grew up in Kansas City, uh, and my two best friends growing up were actually Hispanic okay. and um, African American. Okay. Okay. In Johnson County, Kansas, so that wasn't like we're talking about the two people that do it. Look like you. Yeah, pretty okay. much. And so I'd always just had this broad scope, and my mom was really probably my first. I'd say she was my first esoteric teacher. Like, she oh. was that person who was in a yoga before everybody was doing it. Okay. And we had this library with, like, Thoreau and Emerson. And my mom would say things when I was growing up, like, uh, like, like, you know, honey, the only person your anger is hurting is you. It's eating you up from the inside. And I'd roll my eyeballs because, like, you know, yeah, what does she know? Yeah. And, and <laughs> She's doing yoga. You know, so and and yeah. she was right. So she had an understanding of those things. Like, you know, we had herbal teas, and we had special time, like, my, she'd make the time to let my sister and I know that, well, you know, I love you both equally, and, I, you know, there, there will be times when I do things for Jen, or I do things for Michelle, and it's not that I love either one of you less, it's just times wow. when I'm going to see something for one of you that reminds me of you, or we're going to do things, you This know, is great separately. parenting advice, in case anyone has a kid out there, this is, like, really phenomenal, like, that's pretty, was her, was your grandma like that? Like, no, my grandma... Oh my, you would have loved my grandmother. Okay. Gra uh, grandma was, she was an artist. Okay. She was an entrepreneur. She, uh, through social parties and oh. cocktail parties, all the time. Oh, by the way, wore a different wig and would dance and play music. Oh, uh, yeah, love. she's where is, I was going to say, yeah. where is, was she friends with my great-grandmother by chance? <laughs> like, perfect. Okay. Right. Yeah, so she was just, she was. They're all, like, dancing right now. Oh, man. Shy, I, laughing at us. And I perfect. truly wish that my grandmother had been around when it, after I had started my business. Like, she and my grandfather yeah. both had a very entrepreneurial bent. Yeah. Uh, in so, which was always fascinating. Like she was always doing something different, out of the box, and trying things and, and selling it. Yeah. Like, like it, it, it just so she was she was truly remarkable. And of course, Henrietta. Henry, hey, you know. Wait, Henrietta was her name? Yeah. Um, this is gonna. This is so weird. Right. Um. So my grandmother. So I live in my great great grandmother's house. I, think I mentioned this on a few casts, but when I had chickens, I had like. I don't know, like between nine and fourteen, like a lot of them. I love how you just dropped that. I had chickens. Yeah, well, I would still have them. But there was a raccoon. It's a whole thing. I loved them. Anyways, the the eggs are super clean. It's wonderful, and I love them. My dog would probably eat them now. But uh, my grandma like came and like babysat them before I had Cleo, my dog. And one day she's like, "Yeah, um, I let Henrietta like eat first or something." And I was like, "Wait, what?" She's like, yeah, so she just named one chicken Henrietta. <laughs> Amongst, like, 14, I was like, well, what about the rest of them? She's like, well, no, just the one. And I was like, this, this is, that's the weirdest thing. The fact you just named that name, that is so bizarre. <laughs> like, anyways, of so, I, yeah, that of is course. so crazy. Like, she just happened to name one chicken and, like, still <laughs> talks. It's 
I'm like, okay. Yeah, yeah. we could talk stories about it. Yes. Anyways, on. okay. That's so random. Yeah, so, so I, I, when I was blessed enough to actually grow up in that generation where I grew up with my grandparents. Yeah. You know, my grandmother would, you know, take care of us. We'd spend the night at her place. Yeah. You know, we'd put on, uh, you know, Sunny and Cher show and dress up in all of her yes. jewelry. Yes. Yes. You know, hair flinging and all of that. <laughs> Uh, I might have just dated myself. I'm totally okay with that. Oh, anyway. I just watched, I, we went to the share show in New York, so I'm very privy to the air. Right, we'll talk yeah. about that. Yeah. So, so it was influenced by these amazing women, actually. Yeah. And my aunts on my mom's side uh, were a lot, they were kind of like my older sisters. They weren't that much older. They were in high school and junior high when I was growing up. So there was a lot of influence from all of those perspectives. Now, what was interesting is my mom was a, a seeker. And she lost her mom when she was pretty young, about 18. And I don't oh, know wow, that she ever okay. resolved that. And so as she was on her yoga pursuit, she ended up finding, you know, an Indian guru type person and started learning Sanskrit and doing meditation. The next thing I know, we're, you know, she's practicing vegetarianism in the house and we're taking our shoes off and, you know, okay. all status quo. Okay, whatever. And then... Uh, she kind of started to check out, and I always knew more yeah. uh, for my age. It okay. kind of thing. Like, I'd call some, my, my godmother would jokingly say, uh, you know, as an eight-year-old, I mean, she'd be asking me for advice. Oh, okay. You know, you know as I'm spilling cookies in the back of the car. <laughs> so, you know, <laughs> you knew how to random odd yeah. things. And so when I was about 11 or 12, I guess my grandfather passed. It was my mom's dad. And she kind of, it, it was like her anchor Hmm. was gone and she really started to check out and so it was interesting because up to that point we'd been so close yeah. you know and I, I knew that someone had my back I could always figure things out it was someone who saw the best in me and 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 was a you know a partner of sorts you yeah. know was, and and so as she started to disappear you know I started to question like my own value and self-worth and even though you're not oh conscious okay. of those things at the time yeah what all that you know is that well, the person who's supposed to love you doesn't feel like it's loving you anymore. Right. And, you know, at that age, you're like, well, what's you wrong with me? about you. Yeah, yeah. Totally. Yeah. Totally. You don't, you don't have the full-on awareness or bandwidth to understand yeah. what they're going through, what might be happening for them. And yeah. so it becomes a very internal process. And uh, I really, I really struggled with that. I started reaching for anything to just regain some semblance of what I would say value. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Of, of well, what's my meaning? If I'm not if I'm not worthy enough of being loved to yeah. be paid attention to, then what can what can I get to pay attention to? Oh, dude, what a phenomenal metaphor for kids nowadays. As meaning your the attention you were expecting was from like social media, digital era, and now your kiddo not getting that attention from yeah. these outlets that are supposed to be identifiers. And you're talking about a human. I'm talking about a digital, which is a whole other combo. But I mean, it's such a relevant conversation because that's how our young people feel when it's, yeah. I'm not getting external validation from something I should be like my friends are because they're on vacation in a bikini, look a certain way, what have you. Um, and it's totally different because this is human and it's a real life thing. But I think the conversation well, is similar that it is similar. It, this experience is similar. Well, it is similar because I, I can't even imagine if I had, like, so digital is a whole nother layer. Right. Right. Of where we're taught that. And if we're taught all our lives to... Man, you know, Kristen, if you're a good girl and you play sports well, you'll be a part of the team. Right. If, if you don't, you won't be. Right. You know, if, you, if you do all the right things, you get all the right grades, you know, you'll be a part of the club. You'll be accepted. 
you know, either by your teachers, by the honor society, by the cheerleaders, by the lacrosse team, by, you know, the thespian, like, you know, we've got this human need for belonging. Yep. And we're really taught that if you do all the right things, you'll be accepted by some group and have a sense of belonging. If you don't do it, you won't belong. And so that underlying tension and dare I say even sometimes maybe terror of being left alone, of not belonging, you know, is while it might not be conscious when we're growing up, it's still there. Oh, if yeah. you had a digital component to that, it's crazy. That's kind of what I've ever seen since I've ever seen. Yeah. Like it's, I, I, I can't even. I know. Yeah. yeah. No, it's crazy. So, but. yeah. So, I, you know, aside from the and. fact. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> I feel so much better. It's a big It's deal. in there somewhere. It's, it's in there totally somewhere. in there. <laughs> um, you know, I was never very good at someone else telling me what to do or, or telling me the path I, I should take. Yeah. <laughs> and, and so, uh, you know, even when I was a. Even when I was younger, I, I would see things that most people wouldn't see. I would speak to it, and my mom would say, um, Honey, you don't need to tell everyone everything, like, all the time. And I said, well, why not? Don't they want to know? Said, well, they might, not want it. they might not be ready to hear it quite like that, because it was, it was just honest. You know? Yeah. No filters. Ah. Go, girl. Right? So, after, so, mom then became subject to that, because I'm like, Dude, yeah. WTF is going on. Like, what is with you? Yeah. And... It got to a point, and this happened so, let's say, 12, 14, so maybe two years where it's kind of just getting through, thinking, man, am I crazy? Am I, you know, I, I mean, and seeking comfort and yeah. drugs, sex, I mean, anything to just fill the empty need inside yeah. of belonging and being loved. And so I looked at her one day, we got in this argument, and I looked at her, and I said, you know, I know I'm not crazy, I want to see a therapist, because what How 14 year wouldn't do with that, you know? That's and amazing. She's like, fine, you go fit, you go find one. I'm like, okay. So I did. Okay. And, uh, That's great. She was open to it. I mean, she sounds, well, well it, as it, it is, but. It, at that finish. point, at, at that point, uh, you know, I enrolled my dad to make sure that I got there. And and, and she never went with me. Okay. And she kept withdrawing further and further and further. Oh, interesting. And things came to a head one day. And I just realized, like, this is, it's not me. Um, I didn't know what else to do, and I just knew it was no longer a healthy place to be, and that she wasn't hearing me. Mm -hmm. And so it was it was actually very it was very strategic and very well thought out. And I wrote a note explaining this is no longer a healthy place to be. Wow. I don't know what our miscommunication is. You're you're clearly not hearing it. I don't know what else to do. So. Um, I basically wrote a note, left it on the door, packed a couple big duffel bags, and left. And you were 18? Uh, 15. 15. Oh, my God. Okay. Yeah. So I went and hung out at a girlfriend's house for a while. It's funny. I've never shared this this publicly. Oh. I've shared it with teens before. Okay. Uh, never really adults. Well, I'm basically a teen. Not well, to make like, a very serious conversation, but that. I'm being real. Yeah. There's that. So, yeah. Right? And so, you know, I call my dad and... He's like, oh, hey, honey, how's it going? And I'm like, hey, have you talked to mom? Oh, yeah, I just talked to her this morning. And, and, and just based on how what he was saying, how he stands. So she didn't tell you I moved out of the house. And there's like this pregnant pause. It was the first of many pregnant. pregnant I've never pregnant. heard that, but that's amazing. Okay. <laughs> it was the first of many pregnant pauses from my dad. <laughs> of Where are you? Yeah, you know, I'm gonna get you right now. And well, he said, "Look, you know, can we have dinner tonight?" And and oh. my dad, it was it was super courageous because my dad's not the most courageous guy, and and said, "Look, I know it's not your first choice, but rather than you know 
going to school and living on the street or, you know, yeah. dropping out of high school to go get a job. He said, I'd, I'd like you to consider living with me. And uh, so the short story is that my sister and I ended up living with him. And there's plenty of other things that happened with mom. Wait, so your parents were divorced? My parents were divorced. Got yeah, it. Sorry. Okay. Okay. So there was that piece. And that was at 15. And the truth is, um, I spoke the, langur- the language of anger quite yeah. fluently at that point. Yeah. yeah. That was my primary language. Yeah. I'm like, oh, yeah, you want to piss me out? You I mean, that's out. a like, good chunk of people under 20. So I feel like that's sure. relatively... So it was, and it was the kind of thing where I never noticed. Like I was having stomach aches all the time. Oh, okay. And, you know, I had like UTIs or, you know, different types of infections. Yeah. My body was screaming. Yeah. And I didn't know how to listen to it. Yeah. At the time. And so when I was 18, I actually ended up in the hospital with an infected cyst on my kidney. And that's when I started to put some of the pieces together. Because the doctors at that time told me what my life was going to be like in my 20s and 30s and 40s. And I'm like, yeah, dude, that's not for you to decide. Yeah. That's That's old school medicine, though. I mean, we still kind of have some of that today. We still do. Yeah. We still do. And I I don't mean any disrespect to any physicians. It's it's just recognizing that there's – that's a construct Mm -hmm. and a model that has its purpose. Mm -hmm. And it's not all-knowing and it's not all-seeing and it's not always all-encompassing. Right. It's actually very rarely all-encompassing. And right. That's a whole nother podcast we're going to break down right. into, like, modern, quote-unquote, modern-day medicine. Right. So, uh... We've that, touched on things, not to interrupt you, we've yeah. touched on things a little bit about the emotional getting into the physical. No, like, just where, like, you start to, you know, oh. feel terrible and then it shows up physically in your yeah. body. Um, we haven't dove fully into, like, the conversation around modern medicine. Um, but... Just tiptoeing around it, it's it, it is a larger conversation to dip, dip, dip into, and it's a, a factor to consider in the overall scenario, right? Yeah. Then yeah. that was so I heard him out of you know what this diagnosis meant, and then I had some mentors. He introduced me to those more holistic models, which you know like Chinese medicine and Ayurvedic medicine. Yeah, it show you the emotional component connected to your organs and how the organs are actually connected to. You know, and so I learned that the kidneys represent a blame, shame, guilt, and resentment. Mm. <laughs> I'm like, oh, crap. Well, this, you know, like, it all connects. <laughs> I mean, it was like, okay, well, that makes sense. And and so that really started me on the path of doing my deep work. Yeah. Like, oh, okay. Like, do I want to hold on to this and perpetuate this diagnosis, or do I want to do something different about it? Oh, okay. So this might be like a crazy deep and or service level question. I don't know either way. Yeah. Um I mean, trauma and having to go through that with your family is really hard. However, had that not happened, it would have shaped the pivot point in your life that has shaped everything you've moved forward towards. Absolutely. And and here's the thing, everybody, I I don't care how perfect, you know, your, your childhood is like, everybody has gone through something. Everybody is wounded, has gone through some type of, um, frankly, some type of shit storm in one way, you know, because it's personal. No one else yeah. can say, oh, well, you're, you know, yours wasn't as bad as mine. Like, we don't get to decide right. that. Right, You know, and so everybody's gone through something, and it's that which I think shapes us because the only thing we have is choice. Sure. You know, that is, if, if I've got a platform that I stand on, that is, at the end of the day, we all get to a choice point, and that's all we're presented with. And the more tools we have on how to make better choices, the more like vibrant of a life. Right. Well, I think you can finally fall, fall into what is most fulfilling to you. I mean, you know, I'm obsessed with impact and conversation and all these things. Hence we're here. Uh, but if we can't get to a space where we are authentically 
happy or feeling purposeful or any of those things. It's like everything else can be good enough, but that in itself is never truly fulfilling. So, yeah, I mean, that's kind of what kind of started my whole quest and how I sought you out, honestly. Of like questioning a better way, being like, okay, I, things, you know, we checked the boxes, we did college, we did sports, we did this, we did CrossFit, whatever. And it's like, there's got to be more. Like, am I supposed to be doing something important here? Like, what what's going on? And it was like, God, uh, I was over 30 for sure. I think I was when I first started asking these questions. Mm -hmm. And then um, did everything sports and wellness, cross paths, obviously, with Andrea, Jen's friend, that's I know Jen. And she's like, you need to go meet my friend. So Jen and I connected, and then we got into, like, the core values. So I guess I don't want to pivot away from your piece of the story. The no, it's, it's, it's all tied in together, right? Yeah. Because I think one of the key things when we met, and you were really like, I want to fulfill my purpose. Yeah. And if we're doing that, and like you listening are. to you, I'm so I, I, it's funny. I, I know everyone got it. It's like my, you know, my purpose is to make an impact and a difference in the lives of others. Yeah. It's like, um, aren't you doing that? <laughs> well, sort of. Well, <laughs> and it, it begs the question of how often do we strive towards per, towards quote unquote purpose or think yeah. question if we're fulfilling our purpose or living our purpose when. Actually, more often than not, we're actually right on purpose. Yeah. There's no, there's no there. Right. There's, there's no. Once I fulfill my purpose, then I'll magically become happy or peaceful. Like there's no there. Right. When I and I think that story is the same, although it's rebranded for different people. Like people will be like, oh, when I lose fifty pounds, or I make the totally. CrossFit Games, or I get married, or I find my perfect person or I have a kid it's all it's when I get to this point then everything will be okay and, yeah. and ironically I usually think that's my super educated super driven super mm -hmm. type a super like quote unquote air quotes or quote if you're watching <laughs> um people that like are good people or like the people that want to be working harder and I almost think it works against us because it's like more isn't more like, recognize where you're at. Be present. Slow down. All this it's, stuff I've heard a million times. It's not about more. It's about the natural evolution of our spirit. Yeah. And who we are. Like, that, and we can't help that. Right. Like, that's going to happen no matter what because we're not, we're not in stasis. Yeah. You know, we're designed to be dynamic and our brains are designed to seek out new learnings. I feel like I'm going to a Star Trek. New civilization. The lighting's kind of point for that, so embrace it. Go with it. <laughs> Yeah, um, but and so, see it happens. So you know, it's it, it's we can't help that. So yeah. So where do we get to go? Give our cut ourselves a little bit of slack and go. Hey, I'm at the end. And what is it? I think the Dalai Lama says we all have the same purpose, and that's simply to be happy. Except yeah. I think that each one of us is going to get there differently. Yeah. Meaning what inspires us, energizes us, makes us happy, brings us joy, might be slightly different. Mm -hmm. and and so it's finding that it's not any more complicated I completely agree and I still struggle with it okay. and one that's why I'm so passionate about like marketing and branding and what have you not because it's monetizable and it's because it in a digital space right now when our young people have their phones all the yeah. time in front of them it's literally creating our realities so I think it's it, it can provide such phenomenal um connection intel on what's going on streamlined process around education deeper conversation connection what have you at the same time I think it's a massive disruptor and interrupter of uh some of these same things where it's this is now reality person that's 120 pounds five foot two blonde hair blue eyes size 
c-cut boobs like this is how female looks and yeah. and yeah but and then then you understand instagram filters like yeah. so our reality is getting manipulated yes. so much earlier and that's defining you know reality is nothing more than pr- pr- provided meaning so it's our young people are just seeing things or, earlier that aren't real and you made a comment earlier but if you don't know who you are how does that mm-hmm. affect your brand well and that's the irony of our job is i think branding used to be about okay sit down tell me what do you care about but like what's your audience was this here's what you do here's how you package it where my branding approach and I think a lot of new age marketing branding and like forward-thinking companies yeah. and humans are saying okay tell me about you and instead of creating and I'm consider myself a pretty good creative and come up with a good story yeah. uh tell me what's within like let's reveal what's always been there versus let's create something new it's like Michelangelo I saw an angel in the marble and I just had to free him yeah um, I feel like I have heard that but thank you for Exactly. And you yes. needed to cut yes. it away in order to free him. Like, yes. And that's really what it's all about. So marketing business side, that's what I think is so critical at branding. Because again, if young people are you know drinking in all this influence super early. Well, I'm not going to get rid of branding and marketing and, and digital consumption. Like I can't interrupt that. However, if I can put the right people out there with the right voice and the right message in the right way, at least they're consuming something authentic. Um, however, this is where I think your role in the world is so critical most people, humans, don't know how to question that better way or get more in touch with themselves. Like, we're kind of blocked off. So it's like, I'm fortunate. I think I had the right people at the right time. Although, as we've discussed, things kind of happen as they do. Um, I, I think it's so important for, for kiddos, young people, and, you know, mature alike to ask these questions and then seek out understanding their values. Well, okay. So, really, you're in the Wherever you want to go with that. You're like, flip that switch on the values. <laughs> so, so, yes. And... I really want to tie in this piece that it's one of the things I value so much about your approach to this, this conversation about authenticity. Yeah. Right? And, and and how do you find that? And because it's scary. So yes, I agree with you a hundred percent that you know, if we can teach them to look at themselves and question themselves earlier on, the thing is it's scary as shit yeah. to, to look at yourself because mm-hmm. what we see is all of the imperfections and you know, we might want to be a C cup or an A cup and we might be, uh, <laughs> or neither of those. It's not yeah. even my Lulu pad. Like, yeah, that's. Uh, <laughs> I, I, yeah, I think there's pad. We try, whatever you know. <laughs> yeah, or whatever. <laughs> you know. So, so all of those things, and so when it comes to, it took me a long time. Yeah. To to, I've always been authentic, in certain ways, and when it came to my branding. It wasn't until I actually did my core values that it started coming up. And so just for context, um, if you're listening or watching, um, when it comes to core values, by definition, what I'm talking about are the are subconscious core beliefs that are the subconscious drivers of our behaviors, of our actions, of our thoughts. It's, it's the origin of our unique filter. Now, the thing is values gets... It gets really confused. Yeah. Uh, in, in, and thank you for explaining it. I should have clarified Yeah, that's it. Yes, okay. Yes, well, because yes. we say things like, so what are your values? What and does that mean? That, and, and everybody thinks, many people think that they know what that means because, oh, well, we have our company, you know, company will have their company values and often they'll just be put up on the wall and they have no idea how to implement that in their organization. Right. We have cultural values. We have family values. We have religious values. We have aspirational values. Like, I aspire to be wealthy, so I have a value for wealth. Well, you might have a value for wealth aspirationally. That might not be a core driver of your behavior. 
Right. Though, like, that's not a core driver, you know, for me. But even this under this con- like understanding that, like, I didn't understand that until you explained it to me. Like, understanding that is even a process before you get to what your values even are. Uh, yeah, before it's it's understanding, and, and we have situational values. Like, lots of people say, "Oh, yeah, I value honesty." Yet, yeah, really, really, when you're in, in <laughs> that, that a fake meeting, ID? and that yeah, okay, I mean, exactly. <laughs> You say honesty, I say honesty, we must be operating off the same definition. Right. Well, that's not exactly true either. So when we going back to when we talk about core values, we are talking about the, the subconscious core drivers that are unique yeah. for every individual of our actions and behaviors and, and beliefs. It's yeah. it's our filter in which we approach um, everything, our, our personal choices, our professional choices, our relationship situations. And you know, even in our situation, I think we both have Two out of our top three core values, same honesty and independence. Yeah, honesty, independence, uh, creativity. And you've got creativity, so mine's intimacy. Okay. And so even though we have similar definitions of both honesty and independence, they're they're different because you are KO. (laughs) There's so much I can say after that, but we're just going to let that flow in the air right there. (laughs) Spread glitter everywhere for both. Yeah, there's mutual glitter there. And, and because we're we're different people who've had different experiences, yeah. how we define it in our experience of what it looks like, feels like, and sounds like for us is is unique. Yeah. And and it's knowing that that then makes a difference. And so what's so funny is I can share that now is as my core values are honesty, independence, and intimacy. And for me, part of that honesty, part of my working definition, mm-hmm. because we have definitions and because we evolve, yeah. our definitions evolve with us. For me, part of my working definition of honesty is root cause. Okay. Right? So let's go back to when the doctors said, you know, at 18, what my life was going to be like in my 20s and 30s and 40s was this kidney condition. Yeah. And like, let's get underneath. What's really Time happening? Yeah. yeah. Like, like it, it, long before I even knew that honesty was a driver for me. I'm like, well, why wouldn't everybody want to know what actually is going on? Why are we talking around in circles? Right. Why are people not talking about the big fat ass white elephant in the room? Yeah. I don't get it. <laughs> You know, it's like, oh. Do you want to run for office? Yeah. <laughs> I would never laugh. Yeah, I, that I, makes two of us. I don't, I, well, know, that makes 99% of us, actually. I, actually, here, so here's what's funny. I don't know if I ever told you this. I actually uh, worked with someone who was running for office. Oh, okay. And I did uh, not I, know this. I don't yeah, think. I, co- I was coaching them on their messaging and their okay. platform. And he explained to me that he was not a, what did he call it, a career politician. He was running for office. And I said, what's the difference? And he said, no, no, professional politics is like Hollywood for ugly people. Oh, that is. So that was one. Hilarious. So that was one. And also kind of true. Well, which was interesting because politics is a game that I can't play now. And so we got talking and I said to him. You can't play or you choose not to? uh, I definitely choose not to. I'm, well, and this is what I told him. I said, I am a communication strategist. Strategist. I'm yeah. not a political strategist. Okay. And he asked me a couple times, "Are you sure?" Like I can. This go- is actually true. <laughs> I can negotiate like a boss. I completely. Like I can you. negotiate and influence yeah. like a boss. I can help you. And so he was really struggling because I challenged him. Do you really? Is this the platform that you want to stand on? Because if this is who you say who you are, this is the messaging of how you say that. And okay. it's and it's not a game. It is yeah. definitely kind of going against the status quo. In politics, because there's so much, what was it, in 1984, I forget what they call it, but um, it's 
something speak. I mean, like political speak. Because a lot of smoke and mirrors. Like rhetoric? Um, sort of. They were talking about like Chappaquiddick and they like position it a certain way so you digest it a certain way. Yeah, well, you don't really know what people are saying or what they mean. Oh, right. Well, I mean, it's an art form. Uh, so, I mean, I mean, honestly, it's kind of, it's... I'm like, like marketing, essentially. Not like marketing by name. I mean, like... Well, it can be... Because you're selling... <laughs> you're selling your soul, but you're not slinging like a consumer package good, but you're selling an idea and a methodology and a way to believe and, and support. The, which I am, for me, communication has to be conscious. And once yeah. once you know your core values, let alone if you have a core value of honesty, which I do, Yeah. which means that needs to show up like, I found the biggest gap in that. We were talking about branding, bringing it back to that. Of I noticed when I'm in front of a group, same experience. When I'm coaching yeah. one-on-one, it's the same experience. My marketing was so much more about the persona of who Jen K is than yeah. it really was about who Jen K is. Well, because we get sold back into, like, what are we supposed to do? Well, yeah. Well, how are you, is what it actually how, is. You know, how not how are you selling yourself? This is totally air quotes. Selling yourself yeah. to your client. Well, and to play the opposition on politics, I do think a lot of really great people get in the game, and then you have to understand at some point you have to um, not negotiate. You have to. You have to maneuver. You got to maneuver, but not. Um, what What is the word I'm looking for? Not negotiate. A compromise. You know what? I don't know the word. Uh, you have to compromise alongside what you want to get done because it's so important. So if I have to give up a few things here to get to the greater good, which I get, and I think that's a lot of things in life, but it's like major compromise morally and view-wise. But then if you're the voice you believe that should be the one speaking, leading our country or whatever, that's well, and then, I mean, it's a cost-benefit analysis, you know? And, and the thing is that that conversation has gotten so bogged down with yeah. lobbyists and what is the let's say insert and business and money and special interests and that's that's what i'm saying like, yeah it's it's co-brothers i mean so when we talk about the greater good you're talking about a hundred different people with a definition of quote unquote the greater good yeah and how they're getting there so yeah I, you know and that saddens me i don't want to get us too far off topic yeah. because that's well know, i mean i think just i mean just bringing people, it yeah people feel it Totally. And I, and I think what, I mean, to kind of circle it back is I think everybody feels that in their respective career in some mm-hmm. capacity or development as you get older and brand yourself consciously or unconsciously just as you get older and kind of evolve. Um, there's like ourselves in present tense in real life and then how you think everybody else views us and what you should do so they view us accordingly. So I think that's no different than like you choosing a certain outfit to wear during the day and you sitting down with someone like me being like, how do I brand my business? Because you kind of, you, you know who you are, whether it's conscious or unconscious and you yeah. do certain things. But then you take out outside influence, company, parents, family, marketing, paycheck, whatever, and then you start to filter what you think is real, what you should do to where you think, what you think is real and how you actually are to what you should do. And you start to like let those come in. And I don't think anyone, even somebody that's like as aware as aware as yourself or myself, where I'm like good at other people's branding, then I get to my own. I'm like, Ugh, I don't want to be in front of a camera. Like all this is such great practice for me because I don't really love it. Like I don't. It's a little yeah. cringeworthy when I have to post pictures of myself. I don't have to, but like again, things I should be doing. Right. Pictures of myself, videoing this and that. I'm down to do it. I love it. It's authentic. It's still, it feels still a little narcissistic to me. It feels a little yeah. cringy. So I think there's always, in any career you're in, there's always this this filter of, here's what I'm doing, here's what I feel, and here's what I should be doing. And I have to have this the constant awareness to keep that in check to where some of it I think is good to keep some like bumpers out there and some, some boundaries. And then some of it's like, we need to let that go. So here's something that comes up often when you do my executive presence programs. A couple things. One is... 
all of what you just said. And then there's this element, though, of, look, at the end of the day, I feel like I'm a red-hot mess inside, and I don't yeah. want you to see my red-hot mess, so I'm going to act like... Everyone's a mess. Yeah. PSA. Everyone's a surprise. Every, every SVP, every even VP, your parents. every C-level exec, <laughs> even your parents, like, everybody's a red-hot mess in some way, shape, or form. Pop star hero, your yes, parents. Totally. Yeah. And, and so we get into this place of, well, I don't want, you know, I don't want you to think any less of me as a professional, and I don't yeah. want you to see this red-hot mess, so I'm going to be this persona of the quintessential professional so that you see what I want you to see I see I I I show you the me that I want people to see not the me that I really feel like I am yeah and 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 so in that I think one of the hardest hardest thing I actually feel very strongly about this the hardest thing we will ever do in our lives is accept ourselves for who we are and learn how to be comfortable in our own skin completely agree everything else is either an opportunity to get into that or a distraction from it that then ultimately probably like you can only distract, you can only distract ourselves for so long. Yeah. You know, cause there's always, you can distract yourself and you always know that there's part of you that's missing. Yeah. Yeah. And that wants to get back to yourself. Yeah. And so if we, if we have the, fortunate opportunity exposure alongside the conversation of some things are happening as they're supposed to happen and we're in only so much control. How do, um, how does one navigate kind of going down that path of getting to self-actualization, if you will, or like understanding yourself, your best core values, conversations, like what is, I know this is a larger combo, but like if someone's listening and they're like, I don't fully understand this conversation, but I kind of, I'm seeking my purpose. I'm seeking deeper understanding. What are like best next steps? Go to Jen K's website. No, don't go to the website yet. I'm regretting. <laughs> it'll, it'll be up by the time this is done. Okay, great. Okay, all right, great. Um, so everybody's got to get there in their own way. And yeah. while I would certainly, the first thing I would say is find someone you trust yeah. to have your back. Right? That you trust that you can be your most authentic, messy ass, like self with, right? Yeah. That you, you trust that with. And um, find some tools to start finding the courage to be yourself and start practicing that. Now yeah. you might know and you might not know what that is. So uh, other ways to, and there's so much out there. I mean, you can start, you know, Gabriel, Gabriel Bernstein talks about stuff. You've got Marie Forleo. You've, you've got some, uh, Rachel Hollis, you know, some amazing women out there getting you started along that path. And right. a lot of people who do my core values process are like, Oh my God, everybody need, needs this. Now I'm certainly biased because I know how powerful it is. And the core values process is not, it's not for everybody. And it's not for everybody and not the right time. Right. Like I know, and it took, I know that if, if you want to get real with yourself, when you're, when you're finally ready to get honest with yourself and, and be honest with yourself and face yourself. Yeah. Truly who you are. Right. And what that means. Then I would certainly say that the core values, which is why I'm going to launch the, Virtual values, yep. and 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 see what happens because it's it's an opportunity for you to access your own definition of yourself. Then from from there, and I, can, I mean I'm going to share with you my process just for that, and then Please let's look do. at some other other ways to do that. Right. So first, identify your core values that they look like, feel like, and sound like specifically to you. Because from there, then you create your own qualification system. Yeah. For choices, for decision making, for what you say yes to, for what you say no to, for my God, can you imagine just trusting yourself? 
Well, and, and I don't want to interrupt your flow, yeah. but this is, and I love that I've done your process because it was, again, I consider myself relatively aware. I'm out in the mix of things. Absolutely. I'm amongst, you know, men, women, colors, races, uh, economic status, like all the things. Um, thankfully so just because my work and my coaching, whatever, uh, and I still, this was like all new to me. So once we had this conversation, I identified my core values. I was like, Oh shit. Like in independence or honesty, I was like, well, yeah, independence 100, take a look around. And then creativity, I was like, Oh shit, that matters. And then the more I like got into it and I, I I kind of pulled back and I was like, wow, I really loved creating stuff around my lacrosse business. Like the t-shirts, like the shit that most people hate, um, marketing flyers, conversations, like creating this. And like, I've always love fashion judge um yeah i'm in the dollhouse right now yeah creativity is a core value and let's be clear like creativity isn't the dictionary definition of creativity right your working definition is actually where your purpose gets to be expressed yes for you creativity is about expression in whatever way, shape, or form. But, but I was, and I, my favorite salt and pepper song, expression, <laughs> expressors, like all these things, like it all fit together. And I was like, it, creativity wasn't even on my top, like five, I think. I, Cause you like pick the ones you think they are. And then the test like shows you what it actually is. I don't think creativity was like my top 10. I didn't even put it in there like at all. So just having that conscious thought of understanding of myself at 30 plus years old, I was like, Oh, no wonder I would rather be doing these things or this. But again, that's that I'm supposed to versus like I want to be doing. And I don't know if maybe my brain like creativity wasn't monetizable or whatever. It, who knows? Um, but having that personal intel was such a game changer without it being strategic for branding or monetizing or whatever. It was purely like just this deeper sense of self that was like, oh, like that came through in my relationships, friendships, uh, fitness obligations. Uh, I mean, business, anything that I really commit to, like you start to build up that self-worth, I want to say, and self-understanding that changes how you interact with everything around you. What's well, what's true for you. Right. And when you're, what's cool is when we're in alignment with who we really are, mm-hmm. things flow. That's when the money comes in. Right. It's, it's not about the money being an external thing that we need to generate. It's about being in alignment with what's true for us. And when we're in alignment that creates and now you know getting into like you know the new agey sort of you know stuff. But that's that's and that's that frequency yeah. of when we're in alignment, it creates this ease and flow because we're yeah. not feeling like we're working against ourselves. But I think some people and I think some people are um, used to that like more is more like masochist. Like oh. the harder I work out, the gym, the story, well, the better it works. It's not even being a masochist. We're taught that more is better. Yeah, you don't have to just be from Texas. Right. You know, more money, uh, more prestige, more visibility, more credibility, more exposure. Like, yeah. we're, we're just, again, we're taught that more equals better. And I think our young... It's not yeah, good. no, I was just going to say, and I, again, I'd say that's another myth. Yeah. I think our young people are starting to call that out. I really yeah. think at some point, Instagram, social media, what have you, all of it, maybe even podcasts, will be taboo because it's, it's being out there and putting everything out to everybody will be so obnoxious and it kind of is now but I mean I I I love it with balance (laughs) and some space for real life um but I think that'll become but I think our kiddos are like well I don't want to work 8,000 hours a week so I don't care about money that much and I don't care about training so hard where I have 50 MRIs and four knee surgeries before 20 like I think yeah hit the wall a little bit well the to your point this this next wave I'm gonna call it I don't like people in boxes so I'm not going to call it like the next generation that yeah. this this next wave of kiddos it's they might want more money not at sacrifice to their well-being yeah 
Yeah. You know, it's, and I think that's the call out. It's, it's much more subtle. It's not just black and white of more isn't necessarily better. It's that, okay, well, there's more as long as it's serving me and what I'm looking for. Right. And, and so how do I get there? Because they don't necessarily have the models. The, you know, the, the waves before us was, you know, work hard and retire. Yeah. Dude, I don't even know what that would look like. Are you kidding? Like, I'm, I'm just getting started. Yeah, I was going to say, oh, like, I matured late, so we got this better stretch out. Uh, well, we got some time. Right? I can't even imagine what that might be like. It just means, what, we got our laptops and we're doing our podcast in Italy. I right. don't know. That, oh, yes. Let's put that out to the universe. thousand percent. I'm out here. Yes, I'm here for that. Great. So so if you're looking for those next steps, I mean, you know, there's certainly, I, I'm, I'm just a big believer in the, the core values because it does that for you, right? Yeah. It aligns you with who you are. And I would then say, look for those, look for those other elements that, that you feel aligned to that that give you that give you both a challenge right the challenge your own status quo mm-hmm. not just not just sits in your status quo and you go oh yeah that it's comfortable great. like, be, like it, you know I don't, I'm gonna use this example just because it's there <laughs> insert eye roll it's happening I, she's eye rolling right now <laughs> you know if if you're a democrat be willing to have conversations with republicans and vice versa absolutely well and and see here's the thing that we seek out status quo mm-hmm. right and we all have our own bias because we want to be validated in our own beliefs and yet be willing to be curious like so first and foremost question your own status quo yeah like what is that about why is that important to me um, you know, what feels in alignment, what doesn't feel alignment? Well, when does that show up for me? Yeah. What would I like to be different? What am I, so going back to this idea of authenticity, we talk about authenticity. What we don't talk about is what are you willing to risk? Yeah. And in order to be authentic, there has to be a risk. We either have to be willing to risk our pride and ego. Mm-hmm. We have to be willing to risk disrupting our own status quo. We have to be willing to risk asking different questions. If we say, oh, well, I've already tried it a hundred times, we have to be willing to risk doing it 101 times right. just to see if something different happens. We have to be willing to risk getting uncomfortable. Like, it, it, you know, and if you're not, if you don't know what you're willing to risk, how are you ever going to challenge yourself? And so that, might, that in itself is a risk. Not to interrupt your flow. Like it, to know, I mean, my main hesitation with the podcast was like, sometimes I say dumb things and now it's on record. Now it's, and it's more... It's more scary to me to think to say nothing than to say something stupid. And like, that's like, oh, okay. So I, I think when people pull back, like, and they know however bad it can be, it's worse not to try as cliche as that sounds. It, the only thing that's going to happen, it might be worse for them only if what they end up feeling inside is ongoing disappointment. Yeah. Like, oh, if you, if you're, if you staying up at night, beating yourself up for not having said something, yeah. for not having taken an action and are rolling over not just one night, but multiple nights and two weeks and two months later, what I could have, would have, should have said, and why am I not doing this? Then that is a heat, like throw the red flag down yeah. of you. It's time for you to do something different Yeah. and, yeah. and take a risk somewhere of using your voice of uh, saying, telling someone how you feel, even if they don't like it. Yeah. Like that just might be the first next step. Right. 
and that's that. the first next step. I think that's yeah. so critical because I think that first step is like the hardest step. And usually, uh, again, the balance of the universe being in control, um, you will have like severe universe bitch slap of, oh, actually, that's not what you're supposed to be doing. Break up with a relationship, fired from job, oh, quit job, yeah. uh, move. I mean, whatever your major pivot point is. Yeah. I do think usually it happens. <laughs> again, for my strong humans that are type A and going to make it work, it usually is the hardest. Well, <laughs> like, the universe, you're going to get hit real hard. The universe will give you a nudge. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, whatever yeah. things are things are okay. And the universe gives you another <laughs> nudge, and you're like, yeah, okay, whatever. I got. It. I'm just not ready. To, and then it just kind of gives you this full kick. You know, two by four ass kick, and you're like, okay, all right. Yeah. I mean, they're you know. So I love so a minor pivot. Speaking of, um, you you can question a better way in your personal world. You kind of have this personal journey. Talk to me about um, corporate wellness. Your interaction with corporate companies because yeah. I love hearing how our corporations are getting privy to the game. They care about their employees on a new level. Like it's now we want our employees happy and wanting to be here versus just like you're getting paid. We don't care how happy you are. Like tell me about this. Cause this is fascinating to me. And I think it's so critical. Yeah. Society's so, happiness. Well, so there's a lot happening in the corporate wellness space. And again, everybody sort of defines that differently. What I was I, just going to say, give us a quick overview well, definition of what corporate wellness is. Well, what I can speak to is corporate engagement. Okay. Let's right, go with is, that. And so it's, it's, maybe a, a roundabout way to get to wellness because you know, corporate, you know, engagement, <laughs> engagement and culture are really big buzzwords. Right yes. now. You know, we want to, you know, engage our culture and all of these things. And, and the thing is it all goes back. This is, this is where everything ties into each other of our hiring process begins with a job description and your skill set. And so one of the other things that it, when I play in the world of leadership, I work a lot with strengths-based leadership. And so define that, right? So this is the language piece. You always have to work with the definition of a strength is not just defined as something that you're good at. Mm -hmm. It's something that you're both, you have both an ability for and um, an energy for. It's something that when you're doing it, time just flies by. Yeah. You're energized by it. It brings you excitement. Um, you have not just um, the ability, but the accessibility for it and that you thrive on. As a matter of fact, it's something that you do so instinctively and naturally yeah. that it might not ever even occur to you. So we call it a strength. Mm. Okay. And, and so what we found, and this is where the uh, research of Marcus Buckingham has been amazing over the last two decades of looking at when leaders in organizations and employees in organizations get a chance to play to their strengths. There's greater engagement, okay, which impacts the culture. Okay. So if you think about it from the perspective of an athlete, you you bring people on a team not just for their ability, but where they really excel, and you can tell yeah. that they've got an energy for it. Sure. Right. Sure. Where you're not going to have a quarterback running block. Right, right. Why would you do that? Right. And I think in the sports roles, it's a little bit, def it's defined a little early because you kind of choose your position and then go on. However, your coach can put you into something else and then there's like complete dismay. And why do you choose it though? Because you like it. Because you, you like it. the most it. or you're good at it or it, whatever. Or, and even if you're good at it, like there's, there's, a, there's, a, there's an intersection of uh, both your appetite for it, right? Yeah. Or your energy around it and your ability for it. Yeah. And so you choose it. Yet we don't, look at corporate hiring the same way. Right. And, right. and that's where some of that gap comes in. So 
what we've been seeing is this trend of when people play, get a chance to play to their strengths and they're in alignment with the work that we're doing and they're more energized and frankly enjoying the work that they do, they're more engaged. When they're more engaged, they, they have greater money. wellness. Yeah. Well, I mean, they make more money. I mean, there's, there's that because everybody wins. Right. And yet so often, like, I have no business putting together spreadsheets. Can uh, I do it? Of course oh, I, I can. I was going to say, yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course yeah, yeah. I can. I can absolutely do it. I'm perfectly capable. Yeah. Well, I look for every distraction possible before I'll sit down to do that. I will check email. Yeah. I will go to the bathroom a hundred times. Yeah. I will realize I need to eat. I will, <laughs> I will I'll, I'll schedule meetings. Just, that is a clear indication that I am, that is probably not a strength for me. Yeah. Just because I can do it doesn't mean I enjoy doing it. I love now, it. give me people and problems all day long. Yeah. I am your huckleberry. Yeah. Like strategies, understanding what's going on for them, figuring that out. And so as a result, my my natural wellness, right, that it that actually influences and impacts my immune system. Yeah. Because I'm not constantly fighting against myself. So is the conversation with these, I mean, yes to all of this. Uh, does the does this conversation run this deep with the corporation seeking this, or is it more a streamlined combo of like they're happier if we make more money? Uh, n- no, it's so interesting. I just shaded over a lot of that, but it, it, yeah, so it's not just when they're happier they make more money. Uh, granted, they, but I mean, like, is that their is that their motive to well, embrace sir, some of this? Like, we can see on a spreadsheet. Well, that's that a corporation's job. So let's well, let's be right. very clear that a yeah. company's job is to make money, right? Okay, whether they're privately owned or publicly owned, or they're stakeholders, and like that's their yeah. job, right? That's their job. Their job is to make money, and their job is to have their employees making money. Good job there. Really thank you, thank love you. it. It's clear. I'm a little alarmed. My dogs. I don't hear them anywhere. That's why I was thought I was hearing her clang. But anyways, carry on. I get six cents of, it's been quiet I, for a minute. I, I like, totally get it. I'm always looking, we're looking out for the cats. Where me, is everybody? Yeah, what's, what's going on? Let me pause really. And we're back. Um, I interrupted your flow. So on corporations so, and so, kind of So, 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 so com- a company's job is to make money. Okay. And and so, and, and let's not put money down as, as a bad thing. It's, it's Agree. going back to finding Agree. this unique balance. And, and, and because there's so many different layers. You know, when you start thinking about what it's like for you as an individual yeah. to make a decision, let alone you're in a relationship, what it's like, or or family. Yeah. You know, you come from a big Two, family. Four, what happens when, yeah. when you've got a big family? Everybody's trying to make a decision as to what we're doing on vacation. And, you know, it might take you an hour to make a decision to get somewhere. So <laughs> Just let, make the executive call. To, well, or let alone you get onto a team. Yeah. And you've got different people serving multiple functions. There's things that need to happen all for the business case, you need to be able to think about, we just did this in, um, uh, we have a program communicating with confidence and presence. And it the first day really starts with looking at yourself. Then we expand and we start looking at the intersection and layering of how you then interact with others. Mm-hmm. And then on day three, we really look at what we call the ecosystem, which is really considering what are the needs of the business? What are, what are the bigger stakeholders? Needs so that then you can look at how to craft, let's say, your own message yeah. in a way that others can buy into it, right? This is where we start to get into influence because you have to know what's important for the organization. Otherwise, it just becomes a bunch of me's trying to get their needs met. Right, right. Right. In, in, in any, again, I'll go back to sports. Everybody on the team has a common goal. Yeah. And sometimes that gets missed in, in, a, in a corporate organization because you get caught up in the politics, you get caught up in egos, and then you have to sort of 
navigate this this system, mm-hmm. forgetting sometimes that we're all on the same team trying to reach a common objective. Yeah. And so that's the only reason why sometimes things get lost. So going back to your original question, uh, there are some amazing companies in the U.S. and, and certainly globally that are taking a different approach to culture yeah. and recognizing that if we can start to create a culture of uh, leaders and teams that play to their strengths, we can start to change the way we do business yeah. and have a different experience of how we do business. And as a result of that, not only enjoy it more, in the end, you know, make more money, make more progress, you know, meet, sure. meet greater goals. So the short answer to your question is certainly some companies might just, you know, okay, we all know that happier employee, I should say this, there's been enough research out there that happier employees create more successful companies, meaning more money. Right. Well, Karen, I don't want to get there. Um, Yes, and to to clarify my question and reason for asking, it's not that I think it's a bad thing if companies want to make more money. Obviously, if you don't make money, you don't exist. Nobody has a job. We're not here. Um, and on the flip side of that, the more money you can make, the more impact you have. So if you have a really good company and you care about making money and your influence is positive, you're working with great people, you have a great sustainable product that's positive for the world, phenomenal. Um, my question is, kind of what I deal with is, does it matter if the company is out there doing something because it is for the greater good of the world or for them to make money so long as the end game is positive? And it, it kind of doesn't really matter to me. I want to work with people that do care. And I'm yeah. so excited about the companies that are going this extra mile because they are privy to the game. They do live a certain way and they want to do things the right way in addition to making money. And if there's companies that just are like, okay, well, we Google corporate wellness or engagement. And this makes sense. Like, give me the right person. Let's put it. Let's implement it. Okay. Well, then you have X amount of employees that are happier. It happens to be Everyone then is, you know, thriving, they're aligned with their strengths, they're doing things they want to do, everyone makes more money. So do like, I really care where that motive comes from? I mean, no, I would always want it to be authentic, but if companies, like, it's caught on, it's like the popular thing, like, companies be like, oh, we need social media, we need ambassadors. They totally don't get it. They know it's a great thing, and I can go work with right. someone great, and I can find their right voices. Well, I don't really care if they get it or not, so long as it's not brain damage for me to deal with. I can help put the right message out with the right people. So that motive, it does and doesn't matter to me. Well, here's what's great. You know that it doesn't doesn't matter to you. Yeah. It's up to every individual to decide what doesn't yeah. doesn't matter for them. Right, right. I mean, I want humans to care. I want everyone yeah. to want to make the decision that's good for the entire world, not just themselves. But I don't know if that's realistic either. Well, and so at the end of the day, I do believe that if anything else, there's there's bridge builders or translators, people yeah. like you and me, yeah. that can help either the leaders inside of organizations or the organizations themselves to understand yeah. a little bit more. Like in your case, understanding what influence is really about. Right. Right. And, right. and authentic right, influence. Right. You know, that that piece for them to understand that there's a bigger picture and how it comes together. If, well, we don't know. We're just getting, you know, influencers and ambassadors and People have a lot of followers. Exactly. Yeah. And and so the difference in that. And so you're going to find the organizations that care. You're going to find the organizations that don't care. Yeah. You just, you know, might want to put it under one big marketing belt. Yes. Uh, Yes. So, you know, for for me, uh, it's so much of the time I find that in and of itself, life can be overwhelming. Mm -hmm. Communication can be overwhelming. Leadership can be overwhelming. Like, pick a topic, any topic. It can be 
overwhelming. And so often, even if we're working uh, with an L&D uh, partner, you know, they, I love this question. Well, okay, we need executive presence. I will consistently ask, what does that mean to you? Yes. What are you looking because, well, you know... You that's know. a solid response to most questions, well, by the way. Honestly, yeah, like, yeah. Like when you ask them, "What is social media?" Well, what yeah. exactly are you looking okay. for? I, they, they don't, they don't know. And so to have, to have anyone who can help them articulate and put the words to what it is they think they want, and at least create a picture that gives them clarity, that gives them a direction, hundred percent to take. Yeah, is, is that so? You know, is it important? Is it important? Every Every individual has to decide that for themselves. Sure. In, in my well, opinion. I'm just excited to see in general that that conversation is happening and not just on our level because money does make the world go round. And like we can have our opinions and we can put that out there and voice it and what have you. And I sincerely believe in the positive impact of those. However, when you have, you know, corporate like Kellogg's and Coors's and, you know, massive Coke brother, like these massive situations they're putting a lot of money towards one thing and their voice covers a lot of bases, whether it's positive or not. This is a lot of influence that's going out there. So I'm excited to hear about these larger corporations having this conversation on whatever level it is, whatever motive it comes from. I'm excited about it because I think that influence and positivity and whatever, regardless of the motive, infiltrates you know, society and the greater good um, as a whole remarkably. So I will say this, right? Even if you're looking at a company and organization, every company and organization is made up of people. Yes. And people are all unique. Yeah. And it's why I'm certainly on a mission to help leaders find the courage to be themselves and yeah. reintroduce from their own critical thinking skills so that they can make better choices. Because when when we as in and, and that's where it kind of comes back to to the individual inside of an organization, the better choices we make, the better experiences we have, that becomes the ripple effect. The more our family and kiddos benefit from that, the more our teams benefit from that, the more our clients benefit from that. Right? And that's where I think we get to the greater good. Yeah. Of and sometimes, you know, when we talk you and I talk about things like, you know, I want to make a difference in the world and you know this huge vision. Well sometimes it's simply a matter of doing your own damn recycling. <laughs> yes. Like, you got to start exactly. somewhere. It's like, okay, I don't know what to do with the landfills, and I can do my recycling. Yeah. Like, like and, and make sure that it's being recycled. Yeah. You know, I don't know what to do about, you know, kids in this situation, and I can volunteer one hour of my time a month. And that is impactful. And that's why I, yes, to support that conversation, it's about the big players, the big money guys, what have you. And it's about the little decisions every day that add up that really influence the way things run. And even more so, let's go back to the heart of what you and I talk about all the time. Of It's using your voice yeah. and challenging yourself to step outside of that, that fear of speaking and of how you'll be perceived to put voice to one thing that matters to you. Yeah. You know, they, they say that public speaking is, like, the second greatest, you know, fear for human beings, and I totally disagree. I don't think people have a fear of public speaking. I think we have a fear of being seen. Mm. And yet it's the one thing we want. We want to be seen and heard and accepted yeah. for who we are, yeah. yet we're terrified that if you really see who I am, you might not like it. Yeah. And so that, if we can come to that and, and say that, put that one boundary down of, do not hit me again. Yeah. Right? Or... It's not okay to speak to me like that. Or 
this is what I need from you right now. Mm-hmm. Like that one little sentence, that one little phrase and challenging ourselves to put voice to something yeah. or, or stepping up when we see something, someone doing something wrong and saying, that's not okay. Yeah. It's none of your business. You're right. And that's not okay. And would you say on the flip side, when like to compliment or to support, oh my God. Just, like both sides, so it's oh. not just so dark. And, oh, oh my God. Which yes. I'm, I'm, yes. I think it's more no, around, it. honestly, around the negative, where it's like, we do, especially this day and age in our political space, like, we have to stand for what we believe in. And I think we have to, like, embrace the positive of... I'm going to tell you two stories. Here we go. One, I'm at the pool getting my workout on, right? Because I got a metal plate in my leg. We didn't even talk about the head-on collision. <laughs> Hey, this is just, oh yeah, universal two by four. Healed herself from major injury. Yeah, wheelchair. We'll had to learn to walk again. All that good stuff. Yes. Okay. Don't ever let anybody tell you what you can't do. Ever, 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 freaking ever. Especially like, your branding professional. Especially your branding and your doctors. And it, yeah, like you, you are the only person who gets to decide that. So, um, so I'm at the pool, getting my swim on, and I'm out in the Arizona air, kind of drying off in the sun. And I'm looking over at this gal who's getting ready to swim. And when I tell you, she has on this beautiful, like, 1920s, flowered, bright blue bathing cap. Yes. Okay? Okay. It made my little Speedo swim cap look like third grade. I'm like, that is how the Like the flowers literally on it? Lit flowers. Like, Good. big. Perfect. And and what did, what did me and my girlfriend who were working out do? She said, oh, my God, I love your swim cap. Yes. And she's like, thank you. I always wanted to dye my hair blue, but since I didn't do that, I figured a blue swim cap was the next best thing. Go, girl. Uh, go on with your <laughs> badass flowered blue flowy swim caps. You know? yeah, and mind you, you've got everybody else training for a triathlon there. Okay? I was going to say, doesn't that create additional drag? I would always make I, a fashion <laughs> sacrifice, let me be clear. Right? But as an athlete, it seems like a situation. Yeah, I mean, I'm with the, you, girl. I'm the, with the you. The dichotomy was so fantastic. So taking the time... Not to go, oh, you know, check her, you know, out and talk. It's like, honor that. I yeah. mean, she's willing to step into that. Yes. Bring that on. The second one, I was uh, flying L.A. I'm standing in line at Southwest, and there's this uh, old elder couple. They look grandparently. And this little girl comes <laughs> up, and she's got an open bag of Cheetos in one hand. And she's got, you know, her backpack on the other hand. And she walks, she goes, hi, are we boarding yet? What's going on? Are we here yet? What, what's, are, are we oh. in the plane yet? Mind you, this is not a dramatization. Okay. And they're like, well, we're going to get ready. Go in a minute. What number? You know, what number? She says, I don't know. What number? Like, Let's take a look. You know, they're very calm. She goes, oh, look, I'm number 36. Actually, she puts her hands on her hips. I'm number one. But that's how, just how that rolls. Yes. And she looks at me and she sees this little key on my keychain. And she says, oh, is, is that a little key for a little mouse that you keep in cage that you let out to play sometimes? And I looked at her and said, how did you know? Oh, I just guessed. And I looked at her and just such enthusiasm and brightness. And I said, what is your name? She said, my name's Pearl. And I said, well, hi, Pearl. I'm Jen. I know a YouTuber named Jen. Do you know her? I go, um, I don't. Does she spell her name with one N or two? She just spells her with an all went with one N. I'll bet you spell yours with two. I said, you are so smart. How did you know that? I just figured it would look, you just look like you had our Jen with two N's. And she looks at the guy behind me without skimming. She goes, you look like, you look nice. Aww. And of course I turned around and I'm like, I'm like, no pressure, dude. So it's on you. Right? So. <laughs> So she's talking, and she's like, so are we taking one plane or two? Are we there yet? Like, what is it? I'm like, well, where are you going? She goes, we're going to Disneyland. Oh and I said, wow, goodness. you seem really excited to go to Disneyland. <laughs> I said, and you must have really cool family. I said, to let you eat Cheetos first thing in the morning. And she's like, oh, well, those aren't my parents. That's my that's my pop-up and his, um, 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 like, yes. clearly, clearly pop-up's lady friend. Okay. 
And I said, well, you know, I said, what are you most? <laughs> oh, 2019. Right. I said, well, what are you most excited about? And she goes like that. You can't do it. She goes, I am most excited about space mountain. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> this enthusiasm. <laughs> And so we're Rocket walking, chip stance. Oh, it's it was just totally. And so we're walking down the the jetway, and her grandfather says, "Okay, Pearl, it's it's time to focus." And she goes, "Okay, okay, okay, time to focus." She's taking deep breaths. She's doing the breathing. She closes her eyes and she goes, "Look, Cheetos dust," and I mean, and just like this, it, just this enthusiasm and this excitement yeah. and unbridled joy at everything. And, and you can tell, like, I, I was so enamored with it. And then we get on the plane, and I'm sitting a row or two in front of her. And I sit down, and I hear, good morning, ma'am, good morning, ma'am, good morning, sir. You have a lovely smile. Good morning, ma'am, good morning, sir. I'm like, oh, my God, this child, like. Next Oprah, is, man. She, she's just, again, unbridled. And yeah. I, it occurred to me how many adults would want to tone that down because yeah. they don't have the energy for it. And yeah. they, they're, they're not comfortable with her enthusiasm or energy. Yeah. So I went up to the flight attendant and I said, look, you have an honorary uh, flight attendant on board. She's 11 years old. Her name is Pearl. Uh, I don't know if there's something that you can do to acknowledge her, but this Aww. is her first trip to Disneyland. And she's very excited. So sure enough, as we're coming in to land, you know, we're, they're making the landing announcement. She said, and yeah. I'd like to give a special shout out Aww. to Pearl. To oh my God. <laughs> So, what happened? So you're, Pearl, Pearl, that's my name. Oh, my God, I've never heard my name. So, you know, said like that before. And she was just so excited. You know, her grandfather, yeah. you know, gave me, you know, we acknowledged it. It's like just taking a moment out of your time to not be annoyed, to not, yeah. to like really see who people are and find a way to acknowledge them. Like, so to your point, that's equally as important. Yeah. Telling someone, you don't know what small Thing that you do, telling someone they have a beautiful smile, opening the door for them, paying for their latte, yeah. you know, just randomly. That's you know, huge in this gonna, day and age. And people gonna, remember this. They, they do because you don't have any idea what people are going through. Yeah. And that simple gesture of consideration and acknowledgement mm -hmm. means so much. It's huge. And, and, yeah, so... I think, and um, thank you for sharing those stories. I'm going to start eating Cheetos a thousand times. <laughs> like, Cheetos coffee. Okay. Cheetos just kidding. Dust. Yeah, Red Knife 40, whatever's in it. Um, yeah. <laughs> but no, I think that's, and to our kiddos, it's so funny. I think as uh, young people get older, meaning us, uh, as the young people, Speaking obviously. Yeah, no, <laughs> as we're still young is my point. Um, I think you do kind of learn to like dim the light a little bit and be, you know, fit in a little more, what have you. I do think that's, we're getting a little more open-minded and, in our world. Um, but I think that's how kiddos, you kind of like, you exist in certain space and then you learn to be a certain way. Uh, but to speak around these small acts of kindness, when you pull back in your, your lifetime and you can think about little moments where it's like, oh my God, this, I remember being in college and somebody went to, two of my teammates went to Target and one of my teammates forgot her wallet and the girl in front of her paid for like her CD or something. She told our team, we talk about it to this day. It was the biggest deal that somebody spent, you know, $20 and was like, dude, I got you. And paid for, like, who does that? Like, it's it's a small thing. You think you go to the bar and you spend 
$40 on a round or whatever. You buy some kiddos CD for 16 bucks, and that's a story that's reverberated X amount of times, X amount of years later. Or, like, and, you know, today it's a year-long membership to Spotify. There, yeah. there you go, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's it's a big deal. Like, yeah. these little things um, are huge. And, and I agree, like, you don't know – I wanted to piggyback where you said you don't know where people are at. The, the One of the best things I've pulled out of having these conversations around the cast and just our conversations in general – with our great people is that you, we kind of we think we know a lot about each other. We get to know each other. You see things and then you like start to unfold all these other layers. One, you see how truly, how much we really do have in common, no matter how different we look. I mean, it's, it's really remarkable. And I've had a few conversations now where I don't know and the, the person I'm interviewing at all. And we have so much in common. We look entirely different. We are way more alike as humans than yes. we will ever be different. I completely agree. We just have unique expressions. Great. Right. Similarities. It, it, it's, I mean, it is, it sounds cliche, but it is crazy how similar yeah. we all are. Even when it's like completely different backgrounds, completely different experiences. Regardless of color, gender, race, generation, religion, mm-hmm. and life experience. Yeah. It's crazy. It's, it's honestly really refreshing kind of seeing our world's pretty divided right now. Just speaking in mm-hmm. American terms. Uh, so, and, uh, you know, I feel like I've been dragging you on, on this, and, and so we probably talked about this it. forever. <laughs> well, so, so certain things, though, are, we get so caught up. Okay. 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 You're good. Um, I can see waves, that's why I'm, like, multitasking. Yeah, great. Yeah. So, we get caught up in these differences, and yet, there are certain things that are universal, language. I think of them as universal languages, right? Right. So, music is a universal language. Yes. Uh, whether or not you speak English and you like, you know, country music or Madonna, right? Let's hey. let's Madonna and Beyonce. The one here, right? You can you can be anywhere in the world, and you can be at a concert, and everybody is. That's all. That's all that you're speaking. Dance, the same yes. thing. Math and science is the same thing. Sports is. They're they're like these are like universal language. Now you yeah. might speak different dialects. You know, if you're a Broncos fan or a Cardinals fan, whatever. <laughs> right. At the end, you still speak the language of sports. Right. You know, and if you're speaking the language of fantasy football, then you're making up your own teams to begin with. Facts. So facts on facts. Whatever. Yes. Um, and, and, you know, and when we, we look at that, and that's what's really beautiful is that branding in and of itself is it's it, it's it's a universal language in how we're having it, mm-hmm. yet it's specific in the dialects as it comes to each individual expression underneath it. Well, and that's why the core values are so important. So we're then yeah. they're putting out the authentic space of what's real, yeah. and you can then find your tribe that speaks that universal universal language and or um, community consumer whatever yeah. listeners audience. Um, that have somehow have that common space. And again, we are all very similar, but those niche spaces and those niche commonalities can really help thrive. Yeah. Uh, and again, not about sales, but more about just sharing the voice and sharing the passion. Yeah. That's huge. Animals are a universal language. Uh, yes. It is. <laughs> I love when people are like, I'm a cat lover, I'm a dog lover. And I'm like, I happen to have dogs. I would have cats if my dogs would eat those cats. But I'm like picking an animal anyway. Yeah. So, you know, yes. I'm going to be the first person. I'll walk into your house. I will say hello to the animals. Case in point today. Uh, I have a picture of it. I'll post that. When I post this cast, I'll make sure that picture's up first. And okay, so I understand awesome. why. Yeah, yeah, I got you. Yeah. I got you. I'll always say hello to yes. them first. Uh, and I love that, actually. I appreciate that. <laughs> it has to be Cleo just because she was first. Because we're learning. There they are. I was wondering where they were. Not yeah. good. Well, of um, course. No, but I think it's 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 so remarkable again to see how common we are, um, once we have conversation, and then circling back a little bit to your last point, 
how much you don't really know what what people have been through and what they're currently going through. I mean, it's really it's be it's crazy. Be curious, you know, it's it's so much about changing the conversation. You know, yeah. you have these things like, so how are you? Stupid question. <laughs> right? Good, good, good. Bye, bye, bye. Totally, totally depends. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm good. I'm good. You know, yeah. like because like, everything depends on who you are and how much I trust you to really tell you the truth. Versus saying, so anything exciting happened today? Yeah. Oh, I like that that way of phrasing that. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, and, and for me, one of the things that I think of is instead of even polarizing. So, uh, so what's been a memorable moment for you this week? Oh, that'd be like, that would really cause you to think, cause there's not even an easy outweigh of that. I'd be like, eh, nothing regular week. Then it's just like, well, that feels rude. Well, it, <laughs> you have to say something. Well, like, and what's uh, cool is you're actually, you're activating the brain cause then the brain starts looking for hits. And then yeah. it's like, well, I'm not going to even <laughs> We have so many podcasts to come. Into, into, you know, brain science conversation. It's like, so any memorable moments. And, then it's not a matter of, you know, what's something good or what's something bad. It's like, what was memorable? Yeah. And maybe there was a really sad moment that was yeah. memorable and yet it impacted you deeply. Or maybe there's a moment you excelled at something. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's changing the conversation so that you can change the conversations. Yeah. And, and get out of this sort of numbing, mind numbing, um, communication numbing, mm-hmm. it just sort of trite back and forth. Right. Of... BS, airtime fluff. Yeah. Um, And as far as like, if you can't afford to have that conversation, time, energy, whatever, the the acts of kindness, like you buy someone's coffee, you don't know that maybe they just lost their parent or something, their animal, and like that, they're losing their faith in humanity, and somebody all of a sudden has some random act of kindness. Like, that is so, I mean, that could take someone from like really dark space to like really light space in a matter of moments just because of an action. I, that I've experienced yeah. and received and that I've done for others. It's, oh, yeah. It's, they're, they're magical moments. And let's, if we're really honest and leaning into both of our core values around that. Facts. If we're honest, life in and of itself can just be exhausting. Uh, yes. Some days more so than others. Yeah. And frankly, it's those magical moments of connection, of kindness, of connecting that make it worthwhile. Yeah. Sometimes we just need... I go back to sometimes we need that, that just the next step. Yeah. That yeah. next step right now. Yeah. I just need to get through the next five minutes. Someone just bought me a coffee. I have no, someone just put, you know, I came up to the gas tank and there was already money. In, like whatever it is. It's so small. Recognizing the little. So small. The little arrows that are pointing you such a huge impact. And when it comes to communication, that we will always create more connection in our communication through kindness, curiosity, and understanding than we ever will by disagreement Completely and judgment. Agree. That's how that works. And that's, that's, I mean, that's just something I think for everybody at every age and every arena to kind of say, understand, and then repeat as you go on. Cause again, we get, I think inundated with the negative, whether it's news or social, what have you, but like to pull out the positive, to live in like positive space, even if it's a little bit work sometimes. Um, because those impacts, like, again, that real life, real time, real kindness can be such a pivot point for people, ourselves included. Like, the act of that giving or being kind can be such a massive pivot point in our brain chemistry, in our physiological self, our beliefs. I mean, it's, it's just so huge and it's so easy to do if you can just kind of stay in that space. It's it's simple. Not yeah. always easy. It's right. always simple. Right. And especially if you're having a crappy day. Do something nice for somebody else. Yeah, yeah. The, the, you might not know how they feel about it. it. It it will do something for you, whether you feel it immediately or not. 
Yeah. There was some study, I can't remember what it is, and I brought up other things. It's like blue zones and red zones, but it's like the space where people live the longest. Mm. Um, and they talk about like there was six pillars of that, nutrition, community, mm. um, some sense of religion or belonging to something higher than themselves, mm-hmm. and some sort of like giving back, whether it was kindness that might have been molded to community, I can't remember. But anyways, it was like one of the pillars of like being involved and connected to society on a larger level is good for your health, it's good for society and people and all the great yeah. things, but it really is actually good for yeah. mind, body, spirit. Yeah, so then we get back to wellness. It's, yes. it, 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 you know, it's so funny as we've kind of had this sort of circular conversation at will yes. it boils down, though, to the same thing of alignment of self, kindness that starts with yourself, Yeah, it, you know, boils down to your internal dialogue, which is where your communication starts, which is what creates wellness for you and makes the whole piece of living just that much more bearable or worthwhile. Yeah, enjoyable. For just one more, for, you know, just one more moment. Yeah, yes. So on that note, I know we have so many angles we can go on this. Um, where, what's, what's coming up next for you? Where do we find you? Anything you want to share? I would call it a couple things. I'm going to let you share what you want to share on what you're doing, where you're at before, before you find just you. give it to me. I mean, just a little bit. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm actually going through my own rebrand at the moment. Yes. I had I, an epic fail in a branding experience earlier this year. I had a little bit of PTSD and, uh, you know, had a moment of, Fine, that's it. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not going to rebrand. I'm just going to stay in my space, and you know that only lasted so long. So I needed to get through that. And uh, finally, I've, I'm working with someone right now that it's been an amazing experience so far. I'm looking forward to seeing where we get. And so I'm looking to launch a new website uh, come first quarter of okay. 2020, which I think is a good sign. Well, must be some good happening. Yes, clear vision. So there's that. And uh, next year, I'm going to be launching my first virtual values yes okay so um i i'm excited about it and nervous about it because i know how powerful it can be and so learning how to let go frankly of control and what i think something is supposed to look like so that it can live in the world that is every person i sit down with that's an entrepreneur that's looking to build out their brand that is one of the questions that and i hate social media are the two things i get the most so you're (laughs) in you're in space of of people like-minded and like values so, so that, and, and looking, I don't know if you're familiar with, uh, uh, Greg McCallum's book, Essentialism. Oh, I've heard of it. I've not, I think I've been told I think I've even mentioned I might, it. It might even actually be on my bookshelf. I, I might even I have a book. sent it to you. you I might. don't know. That's... <laughs> I got a long reading list that yes. needs to happen. So, so one of the things that I love about that, that practice, I'll call it mm-hmm. practice, of, um, Essentialism by Greg McCallum is the disciplined pursuit of less. Okay. And so as I'm looking at sort of what's next, for me, I'm really uh, focusing on the, the areas of the core values of strengths-based leadership and of communication and presence. And, and so that's really where we're bringing those together through the framework of Choice Point, which I just touched on uh, briefly. And um, so I'm really excited about that. Yes. Um, you don't even label it as like a business initiative. It just came up as like we all have a choice. It was very organic. So that's why it comes from such good space as a branding person. At the end of the day... What we have is one choice after another, after another, after another, and we put so much pressure on ourselves to make decisions and reach that next level. And and it's like, look, what's the what's the next choice I need to make that's in alignment with what I want for right now? Yes. And so I'm committed to helping people um, navigate that so they can experience more of who they really are in the world. Yes. There you go. I would say like overall, uh, I say like moral and spiritual, more like just life compass is kind of like yeah. how I would. 
put Jen K in my mind. Um, last words, my compass. Jen K. Yeah, where, where are you at? Yeah. <laughs> what direction am I going? Okay. Um, okay. So where where can we find you? Website, Instagram, social media, all your sure. favorite things. You can find me at Jen K. That's Jen with two ends, like Jennifer without the ifer. Boom. Yeah. <laughs> okay. There's Gen X, Gen Y, and Gen K. My girl, love <laughs> all of that. Okay. Uh, so you can find me at JenK.com. Okay. You can find me on LinkedIn, and uh, you can find me on Instagram. What is your Instagram, ha- Instagram My handle? My Instagram handle at the moment is Life Head On. That may be changing to Choice Point. Oh, okay. I think you can have both. Just saying. All right. Well, then I'm going to have to consult with you. And you I can, got you. You can set me straight on my branding and social yeah, media. Don't take it. Don't like, take it like a thing. That's, yeah. Yeah. There's some angles on that. Okay. Um, man, there's so many more things that we could have gotten into. This, I always want to do like an initial cast and we'll like check back in a year. And I just did my first second cast with somebody and it was so funny even within like those six months to see the difference. Um, but I appreciate your time and energy. If you want to get in touch and get to know uh, more about yourself, more about Jen, I suggest you reach out to her. I hope that's okay. I'm putting that out there. Um, I had a phenomenal experience getting to know my core values and it's been a phenomenal framework for me to take steps moving forward. And I was an early entrepreneur, even though I had no idea what I was doing. I still may not, so that's true. Um, but it's been a really great framework for me to really get in touch with what I care about and has opened up some opportunity uh, and put me in positions where I'm just enjoying what I'm doing more. That sounds easy, but it's not. So if you're interested in, in getting in touch and in, uh, understanding yourself and perhaps the world a little bit more, I suggest you hit up your girl, Jen. Um, I appreciate you, and we'll do this again soon. I appreciate you so much. I love our conversations. Cheers. 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 You always say rich conversations. We'll go with that. Hopefully that's monetarily soon, too. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you for joining Turmeric and Tequila with your host, Kristen Olson. Tune in next time, and don't forget to subscribe on Apple, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen.